0: Don't worry, everybody. The new episode is coming right up. But first, I want to remind you there are three quick ways that you can support the Fat Guy Forum and help the show keep going. First, make sure that you have rated and reviewed the show on whatever pod service you're using, whether that is Apple, Spotify, or whatever it is. Make sure you're doing that. Two, you can join the Patreon for a few dollars a month. You get access to the after show. You help keep things going because this show does have costs. And you're able to be a part of the Fat Guy Forum community that I would love to see grow, get your input on what you want to see going on with the show, and more. And the third and final way, if you can't join the Patreon, but you're buying products for yourself that I'm an affiliate for, like Redmond Real Salt and Kettle and Fire Bone Broth, there are links and codes in the show notes where you will save money when you use them, and I get a little bit to help things going here. So, please... Pick at least one of those ways to support the show if you enjoy listening to it on a regular basis and know that I appreciate whatever you choose to do. And now let's get on with the episode. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm happy to be with you once again. Today's guest, you know, sometimes I'll say at the beginning of an episode, like we've been through the ringer trying to get a recording to happen, but this guest and I have been through it a variety of tech issues and timing issues on my part and things along those lines so i am very excited that we're finally getting to speak and have him on the show because he's actually a guest to several of you who listen to the show have requested be on here so his name is jeffrey campbell jeffrey how are you doing today
1: i'm doing good
0: i'm doing good good man i'm glad that you're here i'm glad we're finally getting to talk and you know in our track record let's get right into it so we don't jinx ourselves man tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum?
1: Uh well, um, my—I guess the biggest weight that I have recorded is I was—I uh, was at three hundred and eight pounds when I was thirty-nine years old. So a few years ago, um, I pretty sure I was bigger than that um, earlier, a couple of years before then. But I had started to briefly start to exercise slash change my diet before doctor's visit so the scale at the doctor's was a 308 when I had a visit there
0: and so let's get into like so you don't wake up at 308 like and I know you, you know your story has some twists and turns to it in terms of the issues you were dealing with you know for yourself and also for people around you like where where did it did all of this begin for you man
1: you know, like um I'd say I I've, I've always kind of been a bigger guy my whole life. Um I started to really put on the weight whenever um in my early 30s um I started to drink a lot more than I had ever drank before in my life and um course with drinking came a lot of bad decisions with food and honestly i just always thought i was just gonna always just be the big guy and um never thought you know i would be able to lose weight and so in i might be skipping a little bit but in 2015 um i I took a job with, uh, I've I've always worked with UPS, but I went to go work for UPS Freight, which is a different division. And I went from being on my feet all day, walking around, you know, dealing with small packages and package cars and, you know, operations like that. um, And I was on my feet a lot. I was still big, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't near 300 pounds. And when I took this new position, it was basically just sitting at a computer all day. And I was working um, nighttime hours. I was working from about three in the afternoon to about 10 in the evening. So, and at the time I was still drinking quite excessively. And I would, um, I would get home from work and I would always stop by the local little convenience store in the neighborhood and pick up um, a couple beers, and I would pick up some ice cream. And usually, my wife would always have a bottle of liquor waiting for me at home, so I would I would drink um, liquor. Um, and wash it down with beer, and then proceed to eat ice cream, or dinner, or pizza, or whatever <laughs> I could get my hands on, and the, and the weight just quickly, kind of just started piling on, and um, you know, uh, like you were saying, a, a a big part of my story is a lot of the alcoholism, and. And I just, um, I fought that for a long time. It's an everyday battle. It never ends. And um, my drinking didn't help with my health or with my food choices, should I say. And um, I wanted to, you know, yeah. I was a very heavy drinker for quite a while. It was mainly just beer. And then, like I said, in my early 30s, it switched to, of course, hard liquor. And that's when things kind of started getting kind of crazy.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Understood.
1: Um, So... That's uh, briefly how I ended up at 308
0: pounds. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's, and, and it's, it's, I laugh and you know, not like laugh at, but laugh to myself because for some reason, like if anyone's been listening for the past couple episodes, uh, for some reason, June has turned into a month where whether I knew in advance or not, every guest has not just struggled with food issues, but has dealt with challenges with drugs and alcohol you know, or drugs alone or alcohol alone. Like, so it's like we, we have a a bit of a theme month going on here on the show without even realizing it. But, you know, one of the things that stands out is that intersection between the different things, the different substances we use, whether those substances are food, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, you know, in the place that that it can take in our life, but then also how there's intersection, you know, this intersection between your eating habits and your drinking habits. Like, so I think it's an important part, you know, like, it, it it makes sense that it's not just that one was tangential to the other, that there's kind of an an intimate relationship, because both have a deep impact on your health, you know, both affect, you know, your ability to do a lot of things in your life, and you don't have those, those places there. Like, when you were, you know, actively drinking and, and eating that way at the same time, like, were you really, you know, were you conscious of, of both issues? Were you conscious of one over the other? Like where was your head at during that time?
1: Oh, I I I definitely knew I had a problem with drinking. Um, I you know, I would when when you when it's all that you think about from the time you wake up to the time you actually start to drink, and then even when Even when you're drinking and, you know, you shouldn't be doing it, but that's, that's why it's an addiction. And, you know, I, um, I'd wake up in the morning and I would plan out my day, like, okay, when, when am I going to be able to start drinking? And, um, even on days I wasn't working, um, and, you know, your life just starts to revolve around drinking and you start you start to kind of, you don't go to functions with friends anymore. You don't, um, that's, that's when I noticed things started getting really bad with me. It was just like, I just wanted to stay home and drink. And then of course, you know, started to drink during the day, um, on my days off and, you know, just drink until I blacked out and then I'd wake up and then sometimes start drinking again. And it got, um, it got really bad for me. Um, and to talk a little bit about my wife, she, um, she almost passed away at the age of 36 due to cirrhosis of the liver from drinking. And both of us were each other's best drinking buddies (laughs) for sure. sure. And I laugh now, but I, but it was not funny then. Um, she, um, she had went down, a she had lost a close friend to alcoholism and she found herself Well, both of us, you know, were drinking continuously every night, every day, and she had gotten so sick to where there was a couple of times, you know, we go to the hospital and they could just look at her. And we'd just be like, we don't know what's wrong with her. We don't know, you know, what's going on. And and the doctors could just sit there and look at you, at her and say, we know what's wrong with you. And they would juice her back up. Is a term that they like to use, you know, get her balanced as far as her fluids and all the medical stuff. And um you know, we would go home and after she leave the hospital and. You'll be like, okay, we're not going to drink, we're not going to drink, and two or three days go by, and then we're right back at it, like we just never skipped a beat, you know? So um, we went through that a couple of times, uh, both of us, and then she had gotten so sick, it was around July of um, 2016, um, because it was about a year after we had gotten married. She had gotten so sick that she couldn't get out of the bed unless it was just, you know, to get up and go to the bathroom. She wasn't eating, wasn't drinking hardly any water, and she probably got down to 120 pounds soaking wet. And um, I took her to the hospital, and, you know, it was very bleak for a few weeks because she was in Charleston, which is about two hours from Columbia, South Carolina. And she was in ICU, and um, she was actually um, she couldn't be on the liver transplant list because she hadn't been sober long enough. And they 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 got her back; they got her stable to where she was able to, you know, leave the hospital and function again. And and that's that scared her enough, and it scared me enough to what they call you know you white knuckle it. Um, you know, you just you're just okay. I'm not going to drink anymore, and that worked for a couple of years with her. For me, it for me watching her go through that, um, it it made a light bulb go off in my head to where I I knew I had to stop, and that was uh, July fourth, two thousand seventeen, is when I stopped drinking. So it's a pretty easy day to remember. <laughs>
0: There you go. Um, there you go. What did that look like for you? If that question uh, makes I sense? I mean,
1: like I mean, I I just thought you know, I thought I was going to lose my wife, you know, and I'm a fixer. I just wanted her fixed, you know? I just wanted to be able to just just fix her. And and they did medically. Um, but it was a very dark place for me. I, I, totally, I had, at this point I had let myself go as far as I wasn't, the only thing I was worried about was my daughter being okay and then my wife getting better. And, you know, she was, she was two hours away down at MUSC and ICU and I was back here in Columbia. And so I didn't get to hear all the in and outs of kind of what everything was going on um, all the time because, you know, I had to work. Um, But at at that time, it was just like, it was, it was really hard for me because I just wanted her to be better and be, and be fixed, you know? And I wasn't, I wasn't worried about myself at all. Um, I was just worried about working and, making sure she and her and my daughter were okay. And, um, like my dad came over one day and was sitting there talking to me. And, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like, I love your wife. You know, I love Kristen. He's like, but I love you too. And he's like, you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of Hazel, which is my daughter. Mm -hmm. And before you can take care of your wife. And that really, that really hit me hard. Mm. And there's nothing like your dad telling you. Yeah. Like, you need to take care of yourself because he, he saw me, you know. So he saw the, the condition I was in mentally, physically. And I was just exhausted and I was just drained, you know.
0: Understood. And I think that's a, that's a hard lesson for anybody, no matter what they're struggling with or what they're going through you know that idea that you know especially as pe- as people that gravitate towards being caregivers and taking care of other people and their needs and wanting to make sure they're okay that tends to mean that our energy is focused on other people and not necessarily on ourselves not realizing that in some ways we're shortchanging those other people because we're not taking care of ourselves exactly And I know one of the things that you you shared with me, you know, when you, when you shared your, you know, when you sent your story to me, man, was that when you did stop drinking, that in some ways that became like an open season on food for you.
1: Oh, yes. It was definitely, um, because I was like, well, I'm not drinking. I can, you know, at least I'm not doing that. So I can, I can eat. I can, uh. You know, I can have this ice cream because I used to love getting a pint of ice cream every night. Uh, Every night from the convenience store, I'd stop there and and get ice cream and I would eat that. Um, And It was like a reward, you know, like, okay, well, I'm not drinking. Let me eat. And um, I was drinking a lot of sodas. I I, I was, you know, I, I used to drink. I used to. I used to drink liquor. I didn't really mix it with anything. I usually just drink it straight. Um, And sometimes every now and then I drink it with like Coke or something. But I really started drinking a lot of sodas, which was unusual for me because I never really drank sodas. I used to love Mountain Dews. Oh, my God. The syrup. (laughs) Liquid syrup.
0: Well, I think with Mountain um, Dew, people, are, you're either someone that loves it or you're someone who doesn't touch it, even if you drink other sodas.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I, Mount, Mountain Dew and Coca-Cola was uh, it for me. I, and um, yeah, so it was, it was kind of like it was just free game. I wasn't, I really wasn't worried about my health because I was, you know, the doctor, the doctor never told me, hey, you know, need he he might be like, yeah, you should lose a little bit of weight or he just, they would just give me more blood pressure medicine. Um, because I I was on blood pressure medicine and, um, I was almost going to get a sleep study done because I, you know, I, my wife had said my snoring was so loud and she's like, it sounds like you stop breathing sometimes. And a lot of it, um, because at this at this time we were both sober and kind of paying closer attention to each other, but she was kind of worried about that, so I almost went and got a sleep study done, but I didn't because I was afraid I knew what they would tell me, you know <laughs> and and honestly, like I said earlier, you know i i was I had to be more than three hundred and eight pounds because um. I could, I was, I could only start wearing like three XL shirts that would fit where I felt, I didn't feel as big as I was, if that makes any sense. And, um, you know, I remember my dad, he got, my dad was getting married and I of course waited to the last minute to go find something because I knew I couldn't find anything in my size at Belk or whatever. So I had to go to Walmart and get like a 3XL shirt just to have to wear to my dad's wedding. And, you know, I look back on that and I'm just like, man, I
0: let myself go. and No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, and I was going to say, so where where did things progress for you from there? (laughs) Like...
1: I would say, uh, in 2019, I was, I was 39 and, um, of course I had an annual doctor's visit coming up and, um, you know, I'd been sober for a couple of years. My wife had been sober at this point for a little bit for a couple of years also. And, you know, I, I knew I needed to do something because, um, I started like when I'd go bend over to tie my shoes for work, like I would get out of breath and I could barely tie my shoes. And one time my wife had to help me tie my shoes because my back hurt so bad. And, um, I just, I couldn't do it. And, and I looked at her and I said, I, I got to do something. So, and I knew I was about three or four weeks out from a doctor's appointment. And I started to walk and, um, I didn't really change what I was eating at the time, but uh, it was it was still kind of cooler out, you know, because in South Carolina, February or March is kind of a hit or miss. But um, if I remember correctly, it was uh, a little bit before March, and I had started just to walk around the neighborhood and to get some movement in to try to lose a little bit of weight, so that when I got to the doctors, I could say, "Hey." you know, man, I'm walking, I'm exercising now, you know, and I'm eating a little different. And, um, so I could at least, you know, psychologically tell myself that I was doing something, you know, and, uh, the blood work came back, you know, how they'll they'll do your blood work and then you can look at it online now. And, and so my blood work came back and, after everything my wife had been through, she could look at the blood work and be like, oh, yeah, that's off. This is off. This is off. And I was like, I was so scared when I went there and to my doctor's visit. And I got on that scale. And when I saw it go above 300, I just I started losing my breath. And then it said 308. And I told her, I was like, is this thing right? And she's like, yeah, it's it's right. Because, you know, I never really, I never weighed myself because I didn't want to know. You know what I mean? I didn't want to know how big I was. And so at that doctor's visit, um, before the doctor came in, the nurse came in and she pricked my finger. I said, well, what are you doing? She's like, well, you're, you, you might be borderline diabetic uh, because your blood work um, is showing up some you know, red flags. And when she did that, I tell you, that scared me worse than the scale. It scared me worse than, it, it's just completely scared me because I had lost, I've already lost two friends to diabetes. And they weren't big guys. You, you, you could look at them and you thought they were healthy looking, but they were diabetic. And, um, I lost two friends because of that and that scared me to death to be just completely honest. And I looked at that lady I'll never forget it and I told her I said you'll you'll never have to do that again with me. I was like I'm I'm done. And they gave me a they gave me a pamphlet, you know, of some food to eat, you know, try this, you know, salmon and fresh fruits and vegetables and all this stuff. And um you know and I just, you know, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I said, man, you I went back to what my dad told me and he said, you know, you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. And that's when it started for me. Um, I, I started, I kept walking and I walked until I'd lost. Uh, and, and of course it wasn't just walking. I started to change um, everything I was eating. I cut out, I stopped drinking sodas. Um, I stopped eating fast food. I made everything at home and I started, the only thing I drank was water. And and I know this sounds funny, but I used to juice watermelons. (laughs) And, uh,
0: that's, would, a, that's a hip thing now at cafes and stuff. So you were ahead of your time, man.
1: Oh, what is it? I didn't even, mm. I didn't even know that, but that was like, the watermelon was kind of like my new soda, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I limit, I, I was able to cut it all off. I, I, you know, I know it's easier said than done. And, I I said enough is enough. And I just, you know, I was able to flip a switch somehow and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to drink sodas anymore. I'm not going to eat the fast food and I'm going to, you know, change what I'm doing. And it's, it, I didn't think it was going to work. And then the weight started to come off and I'm a kind I'm a creature of habit. Unfortunately, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but when I started to see progress, when I saw that scale go down 10, 15 pounds, I said, Oh no, I said, I can't believe it. It's actually working, you know? And, uh, I just stuck with it. You know, I, I ate almost about the same thing every day. Um, and at first I wasn't counting calories or anything like that, but I was just, um, Basically, smaller portions and just eating everything from home and the, the the weight started to come off and so I just kept doing that for a while and I got down to about two hundred and fifty pounds and at that time, you know I was all on YouTube and everything I found David Goggins and I found Nick bear and um I just, I saw those guys running and I never really thought about running before. And I, I started to run and I don't want to sound like Forrest Gump, but.
0: Mm, Hey, (laughs) if it fits, it fits.
1: Yeah. If it fits, it fits. But, you know, I, I, I started to run and, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I just, when I, when I did it, something just calmed me. It's you know, they talk about the runner's high or the clarity that it gives you and, and it's true, like I, I just found clarity in that and I stuck I stuck with it. Um and I was able to the weight really started to drop when I was running, when I started to run. And so I thought, well, the more I run, the more weight I'll lose. <laughs> and uh, in some cases, that's true. But really, it was it was the fact that I was honing in on my diet a lot. Um, I was really watching what I was eating. I was tracking everything, and um, I was I was running almost every day, and it was, you know started out you know one or two miles every day then it gradually got more and more um and it got to a point to where i was running anywhere from six to eight miles a day and at this time i i hadn't really started doing any type of strength training or anything and i ended up actually injuring myself because i just kept running and and i had that mentality of you know I can't take a day off. I gotta work out every single day. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And for me, that wasn't good because when I didn't feel good or something hurt, I just kept pushing through it, mm. and I ended up hurting myself.
0: <laughs> now, can, can I ask you a question while you're while you're talking about that? You know, I know I know we're yeah. going to get more into the details, but do you think that obsession with working out every day? Do you think that was related to your addictive behavior? Because I've talked about that oh, yeah. with some other people before, so I'm just curious in your perspective on that.
1: Oh, I, I mean, it it definitely, it definitely was like I like some people say, you know, you're trading one hat, you're trading one addiction for another, and um, I I know, I mean, it it was, it was kind of like trading them, you know. On the flip side of that, I was like, but I'm getting healthier. You know, I'm losing weight, you know, versus I'm blacking out drunk and I can't remember what I did. And I'm eating the whole Domino's pizza that I ordered, you know. So I'm like, well, at least I'm not doing that. It's just like the ice cream. It's just like when I stop drinking, I'm going to keep eating ice cream. Yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of a good way to explain
0: it. Yeah, no, um, I think it makes sense. And so you injured yourself.
1: Right. I had um, actually started to have some uh, hamstring issues in my left leg. And um, I went to my doctor and um, he referred me to a PT. And I went to the PT and the guy, you know, he was like a bodybuilder guy. And, you know, I'm going in there thinking like, you know, I don't need this. I'll be fine. You know, I know I just, you know, it'll just go away. You know, granted, I'm like 41 at the time, (laughs) 40. I'm probably right over 40, 41 when this happened. So I'm not young, (laughs) but, but, um, you know, the, the guy told me, he's like, look, he's like, you need to not run for like a week. A week and a half. And I looked at him and I said, What are you talking about? I was like, This is how much I've lost all my weight because of this. And um, not just strictly because of running, but that's how I, I did lose a lot of it. And um, he said, He said, Well, all you're going to do is just keep in, having injuries, you know. And he was asking, He was asking me how much I was eating every day. And I told him, and um, what I was eating, and he said, look, he's like, I can give you, I'm gonna give you some exercises, and you need to do them every day, and I did them at first, and, you know, he told me not to run for two weeks, I didn't listen to him, um, I did a couple of the exercises, but I I didn't take it very seriously, you know, I just, I kind of thought I knew everything, and, um, I got better, but it was really only got better because I just couldn't run because it hurt so bad, you know, just to run physically. It just hurt so bad. And um, so eventually I was able to, um, it healed itself because I wasn't running. And I started to do one thing that he told me that did make sense was I needed to start strength training. And, you know, he's like, you know, because the last thing, to be honest with you, was I didn't want to put on weight. I wanted to keep losing weight. I like I chased the scale so bad that that was addictive for me, like chasing that scale um, because I would weigh myself every morning when I got up. And that dictated my day. And that was not healthy for me at all because I'd wake up and you know at, at this time I had pretty much lost all my weight and I had already gotten down to my lowest which was which was 182 that was one morning when I woke up when I weighed myself I I was like hey okay. 182 that was my lowest. <clears throat> there was a couple of times that I weighed myself after I ran but I didn't feel that it was fair <laughs> because because you can run and you can lose eight pounds of water weight real easy, <laughs> you know? So I didn't think that was fair to say, oh yeah, I, I weighed, you know, 176 or 175, you know, that's why I always leave it at 182 because one morning I woke up and that was my weight. And, um, the scale was a, that was a hard thing for me to get over. And that just re, that would say this year is, where I really started not to worry so much about the number on the scale. If that makes any sense.
0: Oh, no, it does. And it's it's good that you could get to there, because I think that for some people, weighing themselves is just a data point. And like you said, for for others, weighing ourselves, if if it becomes something that determines whether your day is going to be good or bad already... Then, then that's when it, it's it's not a healthy relationship with with that piece of information. Oh, no, because
1: it... You're right, because I would... If that scale was, you know, five pounds heavier, I'd be like, oh, I can't eat. I'm not eating. I'm not going to eat today. And it just set the tone for the... It was like neg- Like my workouts weren't good. Um, I was butting heads with my wife. I was... Negative self-talk was a huge thing. I, I still I'm still working on negative self-talk. That's a work in progress, but um you know I um like I said earlier this year I stopped um weighing myself because of what it was doing to me as far as mentally, you know. So and I I can tell if I'm putting on weight. I can just look at myself and tell. I can tell by if my, my clothes are fitting a little different, you know, like okay, you need to change a little something up, you know?
0: And, um, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, no, the, uh, that's a good thing to hear. And I think it's probably a good thing for people to hear that are listening that are stuck in that relationship with the scale. Um, it can be a scary thing when you have weight to lose still though. Like I, I think it's, you know, igno- you know, it's okay for a person to acknowledge, that yes it is about how your body moves and feels and and all of those pieces and how clothes fit but there are points where the scale matters and then there are points where it doesn't and it's being okay with it not mattering you know and that's a hard place i think for almost anyone to come to especially someone that has had that relationship with the scale so i I think that's a great thing to hear man and thinking about you know be obviously where you know in terms of where you were at in your story like you're back a little bit in time, you know, where did, you know, when you came through that injury and we're starting to feel better, like where did things go for you from there?
1: Um, you know, I, well, I started to, um, I started to do more strength training. I ended up going to the gym a lot more and, um, I started to actually, um, do exercises that I've, I, I saw a lot of runners doing on you know YouTube or Instagram that they would do to help strength train and um, that worked for a little while and then I stopped doing those exercises um, and I continued to lift weights um, but I wasn't focusing on the particular strength exercises that I needed to run and or to. To be able to run and perform, you know, and I actually had another injury at the end of last year. It's the same, the same issue. It was, uh, it was, I think December of last year, I was out on a run and my, my left thigh started to hurt again. And I was like, just run it out, just run it out. And it started to hurt like about three or four miles into my run. And I just, I said, you can run it out, just run it out. And I kept going and kept going and it just kept hurting and hurting to where I literally just fell on the ground and fell in somebody's yard and was sitting there like moaning and crying, you know, cause it was, I was in so much pain and I just hobbled home. And, um, you know, I, I was I was really upset because, you know, I thought, man, my running days are over. And, you know, I was just like, what am I going to do? What am I going to (laughs) do? And kind of went through the same process as I did the first time, except for I found a really good PT here in Columbia or actually in West Columbia. And I, I went in there with an open mind. I told the young lady, you know they, sit, they, you know, they sit down, they talk to you and this stuff. They talk about where you're at, what's your goals, and all this stuff. And I told her exactly what I did. Um, I told her what I wanted to do, and I told her, I said, I will do everything you tell me to do. And I did – I followed all the exercises she gave me. I went through the – I think I was in PT for two months, two and a half months. Um, and I didn't run the early part of January or February of this year. And if I did run, I was doing—I was doing what she told me to do, and that was—you know—I'd run for thirty seconds and then walk for a minute, run for thirty seconds and walk for a minute. And um, I still do the strength exercises she showed me. I still—I stretch every morning like clockwork um, because. You know, I know injuries are going to happen, but if I can try to prevent them, I will. I, that's what I want to try to do. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh. which makes sense, like, in because in all of this, like, you know, it's it speaks to you know that relationship, you know, your relationship with food as well, like going through that experience of you know losing weight and then realizing that you might not have been eating enough and fear of regaining weight and realizing that that wasn't going to happen. If you fueled your body, you know, you saw the food you were eating as fuel for the things that you wanted to do in your life and taking care of yourself when you're exercising, not just, not just the exercise, you know, the run for the sake of the run, but being conscious of how your body's feeling while you're doing it and taking care of yourself. So doing those other activities, like there's a a through line there of learning, learning what you needed to do to take care of yourself. You know, that coming back to that point, you know, where your dad told you you had to take care of yourself. Like, do you feel like you're at a point now in your life where if someone were to ask you, you know, do you take care of yourself? Like you could, you can answer that question and say, yes, I do.
1: Yes, definitely. Most definitely. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Which has to feel good. Oh, it it does. It's uh, you know, it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's a journey, you know, it's, it's like never ending because you're going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs and things are going to happen. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's not always going to be perfect, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, what is your, cause what, you know, one of the things I think is evident, like if people check you out on Instagram is that you're, you're constantly spreading that message, you know, that, that message of consistency and effort and, taking care of yourself like what what would you want to say to someone out there who's listening who's in that place of still struggling with being able to you know find the right path for themselves
1: um yeah, that's a loaded question yeah
0: um, of course it is
1: <laughs> yeah of course um you know I don't want to sound cliche, but, like, you know, you just, you got to start somewhere. And if it's just walking, just start with walking, you know. Um, and if, and it's definitely, like, you know, changing what you're eating is so hard to do. Just And just finding time to exercise. That's another thing. Um, you know, finding the time to do it. Um, but the biggest thing, and I I talk about it a lot, is like just not losing hope. Um, because, you know, it's real easy to get down on yourself and just feel like the whole world's against you and that you're never going to lose the weight and nothing's ever going to change. And that no matter what you do, it won't work. And then, one day, after you consistently keep trying to, you know, go for that walk, or change what you're eating, or you know, put down, put down the alcohol or the drugs, um, one day it'll click. And once it starts to click, it makes sense to you, and you figure it out for yourself, not because you know Jeff told you to do it this way or somebody else told you to do it that way. But you you figured it out, what works best for you, that's when you you're really gonna start to see some progress. And it'll make it fun for you. You know, you'll enjoy it. It won't sound like work, you know?
0: No one. And and that's that last piece is so important. You know, not just getting to a point where, you know, because there are gonna be times where making the right choices with food or being active don't you know, feel like a parade, you know, it doesn't feel like you want to let balloons off, you know, when you're eating breakfast or anything along those lines, but there's a difference between feeling like you're doing something because you're punishing yourself and instead of doing it for reasons that support the life that you want to lead and the person that you want to be. Right.
1: Well, you know, I, you know, I've heard you talk about it before so, you know, we got to have food you know we got to eat and it it is hard um you know to sometimes completely cut stuff out and it is it's okay to have ice cream it's okay to eat cake you know it's okay to do that stuff it's just just know that okay i can only have this much because i like it too much <laughs> you know what i mean um and you know, I just I, – it's – I think back about it and a lot of this stuff, and it's just um, – it's just – you kind of forget everything you did as far as, like, you know, what you did eat, what you didn't eat and stuff um, because, like I said, I just – it, I started to see the weight come off, so I just kept eating the same thing. And, um, you have to, one thing I will say is I make a menu every week of like what we're going to eat Sunday through Saturday. I make a menu every week and I make a grocery list and that's what we eat. Or, or at least that's what I eat, <laughs> you know, cause my wife and daughter, they don't always like what I eat. <laughs> but I I try to stick to that as much as possible. Um, It's you know it's kind of like meal prepping, but you change it up, you know, so you eat something different, and that way you make it easy for yourself to make good choices. Because what's easy is to stop at McDonald's or you know Chick fil A or Sonic or something, and just grab something real quick and satisfy you know your hunger. But if you can eat leftovers and have that stuff there for you um it makes it a lot easier
0: well i think it's about all of what you're talking about is about getting to this place of managing food with intention and Mm -hmm. not letting yourself be on autopilot or make choices due to impulse you know and a big part of that can be like you said planning a week out you know another part of that you know is someone like you talked about someone realizing that they can they can have a serving of ice cream when they're at an event and be okay with having one serving and move on. It's also about the person who realizes that having that one serving at that point is not going to end at one serving. You know, it's going to lead to something else. It's knowing yourself and it's making those choices from that place of informed intention, you know, an honest intention. Like, why is this, you know, why are these, why is this the things that I do? The same thing with activity. Like, but I think with food, like it really can be about, knowing where you're at, like you said, knowing where you're at personally and what you need, and then doing those things and being okay with doing those things, like and not beating yourself up. You know, you don't sit there and say, you know, oh, I have to plan the week out again, because, you know, at one point, I was over 300 pounds, and I screwed up things. And so now I have to do this for the rest of my life, you know, punish myself the rest of my life in this way. Like, it really is about shifting your perspective on when I do this, it makes my week easier. You know, it makes my life easier, it gets me to you know, where do I want to be seven days from now? Like, this is how I do that. Yeah, definitely. So one thing I I do want to touch on, you know, because you mentioned your wife and daughter eating, you know, because I'm sure people listening, you know, we, and we don't have to go into, you know, your, your wife's story is your wife's story, but I'm sure people are are just curious, you know, as to how she's doing, you know, and, and I know that there have been some changes for her the past three years.
1: Yeah, um, so she's, she actually just last night celebrated uh, three years, three months, and three days sober. That's awesome. Yes, it is. It's extremely awesome, mm-hmm. and it's, it's totally changed um, our family, and it's totally changed her life. Mm. It's given her a whole other life. And she actually works at the recovery center that she went to. Oh, wow. Over three years ago, mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's called Waypoint Recovery. Mm-hmm. It's down in um, a small town called Cameron, South Carolina, which is outside of another small town called Orangeburg, South Carolina. Um, so she's she's doing really well. She's um, you know she's staying sober, working a program. She has a great group of women around her um, that she has support. And I know this is kind of drastic or I don't know the best way to say it, but if something were to happen to me today where I pass away or something else or whatever, I know she would be okay in her sobriety. And that that means the world to me, you know? And, um, you know, so it, it's, it is her story. It's her journey. Um, and she's, she's rocking it and she loves her job. Um, she gets to play with horses sometimes and goats (laughs) and she, she's helping changing lives and it's, it's amazing to watch. So it's really cool.
0: That's awesome to hear, man. And like I said, it is her story and, you know, and her sobriety is for her, but it is, it, it has to feel good for you, you know, being in that place of knowing just the role that you take, you know, in your relationship. And, you know, in your family, like, having that sense that the people that you care about and the people you take care of, you know, are also taking care of themselves.
1: Yes, definitely. It's, it's, um life is, life is definitely a lot better nowadays <laughs> than it was, than it was four or five years ago. And, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing that we can do so much damage to our bodies but our bodies forgive us it will forgive us and we can rebuild we can rebuild our bodies and um and the the human body is amazing <laughs> you
0: know no it is it's it's incredible the things that our bodies can carry us through and not give up on us you know, and so yes. having having that opportunity to make change sometimes is really not just about you know ourselves and our spirit and and what we do with other people, but about honoring the body that had carried us through those times where we weren't really treating it great. Yeah, no, we we can definitely beat our bodies up really good. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, Jeff, let's talk about today. You know where you're at right now, like. What are the what are the the biggest challenges you feel like you're working on now?
1: Well, uh, to be completely honest with you, is um, I've I've all, I've been talking a lot about doing races, um, doing more races, and I did a ten k earlier this year uh, down in Charleston. Then I did a five k, um, and. Uh, actually yesterday, I just signed up for, um, my first half marathon. Um, and that's in a little over two and a half weeks. So I don't know how well I'll do, but I just want to finish it. (laughs) So that's the, that's the biggest thing I've, I've wanted to do is, is I want to do more races. Mm. Um, I want to. I want to get I want to get around a, a good running community here in Columbia. I just my work schedule is kind of funky, and um, I I just need to make myself do it because, like I said, I'm a creature of habit where I get stuck and just I'll just do the same thing by myself, you know, every day. Um, but I want to get a good community locally. There's a great community online with Instagram and stuff. Um, people supporting each other and stuff like that. But I want to get like a good local physical
0: yeah, uh, group. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some running buddies. Oh, yeah. No, I think that sounds fantastic.
1: And, and, then, and then, you know, I want to keep, uh, you know, I just want to keep lifting weights because, you know, I really enjoy lifting weights and stuff. I don't want to get like, super big or anything I just want to try to stay as as comfortable and I want to I want to feel as good as I can possibly feel without taking any drugs or alcohol <laughs> you know I, that's just where I'll that's what I want to do and working out and running that does it for me um, I want to try to help as many people as I can um, you know that's that's my biggest thing that I want to do, really.
0: No, I think that sounds fantastic, man. And if people want to follow along with what you're doing and see if you do connect with people, and you know, there's a lot, you know, that that they're going to be able to see about in terms of what you do at the gym, and you know, hear from you. Like, where do they find you, man?
1: Uh, best place to find me is definitely on Instagram. You can find me at CampbellJeffrey20. On Instagram, Um, I usually I'm I'm probably too active in Instagram uh, as far as just being on it too much. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me, and I try to respond to. um, I've had people reach out to me about stuff, and I try to respond to them and ask them stuff, and I I try to follow up with people as much as possible. But I have learned that. You know, people will change when people are ready to change. You can't, you can't force somebody to change. I tried to do that with my wife. I've tried to do that with other people in my life. And when you let go of that and you realize that and understand it, that you can't, you can't make somebody want to do it. You can't make somebody stop drinking. You can't make somebody stop using drugs. Um, you've gotta let people make that decision for themselves so you know sometimes i reach back out to people and i don't hear anything back and sometimes they reach out to me and i and i reply back you know what my thoughts are but you know my biggest thing is just you got to find out what works for you
0: no for sure and there's that realization that you can't change anyone else you know i i think the first You know, when you first come into that place, it's easy to, to, to feel like that means powerlessness, but then you realize that that's what it's not, what it's really about. You know, it really is about like, you know, you could, even in a relationship, you can guilt and shame someone or, or pressure them to make change. But if they're making that change isn't in their heart, it's just going to end up backfiring. You know, it's not going to end up being a pretty thing. And the same thing with interactions with people you know i have i have i have people that'll reach out to me for for coaching and we'll have an amazing consultation you know amazing like hour-long discussion you know and they'll leave that conversation fired up and ready to go and then i never hear from them again and yeah sometimes and sometimes you know it really just is it wasn't the right time for them or they they sat with it and they you know of course you know coaching isn't free like they'll sit and you know it'll be like well you know, at this point, financially, it's not in the works. And, you know, there's never any, you know, pushback on my part on anyone for anything. But there are also times where that person then disappears. you know, blocks me and disappears, you know, when I wonder, like, are they okay? Like, you know, you worry about, you know, you worry about people, but you realize you can only take a person so far. There's only so much you can do for another person and it really has to be them willing to take the steps, you know? So, and you, you know, you had to be willing to take the steps to change your life, like, you know, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't something that you were, you were ready to do.
1: Definitely. I mean, I, I just, you know, I I was lucky enough that something switched in me and I was given a second chance is the way I like to reframe a lot of it. And and one thing I want to say to like people, like I didn't share anything about my weight loss journey on social media when I, until I lost a hundred pounds. And when I shared it, it was on Facebook. I didn't even have Instagram. Um, You know, my mother uses Facebook now, but, (laughs) but, uh, um, the people that are sharing their journey like day in and day out, the weigh-ins, what they're eating and this and that, I give them, So many props because I don't think I could have done that. I would have, I would have stressed myself out so much. I mean, that's just me personally. So like, I just give mad props to people that, you know, they post their weight every week. They post, they're tracking everything. They're doing all this, they're doing all that. And I know it's not easy, but I I give them props for putting all their stuff out there like that. Um, You know, because I, I couldn't have done it that way.
0: No understood. And that's what it is at the end of the day isn't it about finding what you needed to do right you know and, that, and exactly. other people doing what they need to do.
1: Yeah, I mean if that helps hold people accountable you know to their exercise, hey you do what you do. I you know as long as long as you're not physically hurting yourself or mm-hmm. hurting somebody else, if you're, if you're able to lose weight, I do, what works for you. I don't, I don't care how you do it, <laughs> you know?
0: So, but that's all it advice. I just, man. I
1: just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there.
0: No, for sure. And I will make sure that there is a link to your social media in the show notes today. I know men that you've listened to the show. So, you know, what's coming up next. Are you ready for your run to the fat guy five?
1: Yeah, I'm
0: going to be as ready as I'm ever going to be. <laughs> hey, there we go. Here we go, man. So question number one, man. Tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Uh, of
1: course, Chris Farley.
0: Always. Of course. Of course. There was something, I, w- I was looking at something yesterday. Oh, I know what it was. I, I was watching yesterday an interview with Melissa McCarthy talking about when she was on, She was one of the times that she hosted SNL she got to wear the original outfit he wore when he did the van down by the river, the motivation, Matt Foley, Matt, motivational speaker skit. And she was terrified to ruin that outfit when she wore it. But, um, so I had a, I had a Chris Farley moment yesterday. Cause then, it, then of course the next thing YouTube suggests is the original skits with him in them. So, you know, it's always <laughs> fun course. to re- always good to revisit his work, man. Question number two, tell us something, something about yourself that you love.
1: I I love the fact that I. sometimes I love other people more than I love myself um, or I, I care about, I, I generally care about a lot of people, mm. um, you know, so if, if that makes any sense.
0: No, I think it um, does. I think it does. On the journey that you've been on, man, what has been the most important new habit that you've built? Question number three.
1: Uh, the newest habit um, is definitely realizing that I need days to recover mm. and take off. And it's funny you ask that because yesterday I did that. I absolutely did nothing but lay on the couch and did a couple of things around the house, but I just took it easy. I rested mm-hmm. all day. And, um, that's a real hard thing for me because I feel like if I don't work out, if I don't do that, I'm going to put all this weight back on
0: overnight. Mm-hmm. Which we can rationally know isn't going to happen, but our you know, feelings are still valid and happen. Oh yeah. Okay, man. Question number four, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness or weight loss related? I would,
1: I I really, I want to be more involved with people in recovery at my wife's work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to be, I want to, I guess it's more like Mm -hmm. Al-Anon. I want to work with families that have people that are in treatment or coming out of treatment and help them, guide them through that process. It's really what I'd like
0: to do. I think that sounds like. Not only something that's worthwhile, but a great thing to focus on, man. That sounds awesome. And last question for you, Jeff. What is, if you could go back in time to that, you know, to the day the nurse pricked your finger. What is a message you would give to yourself on that day?
1: Uh, I would just... I would just tell myself that you, you know, that you can do it. You, you can change your life.
0: You can have a healthier, better life than what you're living. The solid message, man. Well, Jeff, I want to say a big thank you for you taking the time to come on the show today. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your persistence in making this happen. Thank you, man.
1: I appreciate you very much for everything you do. Well, thank you.
0: And like I said, Jeff's contact will be in the show notes today. You can, as always, connect with me on Instagram as well at Gourmet Goes Keto, Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com, or check out what else I have going on at theketoroad.com. And then, my friends, after you've done all of that, uh, turn your phone off, close your computer, and go on out there and do something to amaze yourselves today, because you're the most amazing people that I know. And then come back and catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. And a quick note. Jeff isn't done. He's joining me over on the Patreon After Show. Don't forget about that. If you're not a member of the Patreon, why why the heck not?